What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone of all things JFW. Welcome back, Jam Brother Dave and Super Dave. Welcome back, everybody. Top of the day your way. Hey, everybody. Morning, Jam. Got a good feeling about today's podcast. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be awesome. It is. Let's start with the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Episode 48 had 279 downloads, were over 16,000 total downloads, and the Ray Scott episode got up to 351 episodes. Nice. Wow. Imagine, awesome. imagine if you send them the link, Brother Dave, it would be 352. <laughs> <laughs> As a reminder, anything you hear in today's podcast is not the opinion of JFW. It's just the four men in this room. Ooh, so, ooh. <clears throat> you guys know why the guy brought a gun into the clock factory? Brought it where, Jim? Hit me again with that. Guy brings a gun into the clock factory. Do you know why? Oh, no. Just wanted to kill some time. <laughs> I'm so full of gun puns, I could hardly bear it. <laughs> well, Jim, you've been bragging, so. I didn't brag. I just said I was going to get it going. You said you were bringing it, and you were bringing it deep. So, <laughs> All right, so we're going to mix a little bit of religion and politics. Oh my God! Right, Holy right here on, uh, right on the show. So, Bam! Right out of the gate. Right on, right out, out of, of the, the park gate. with this one. So this has to do with uh, George W. Bush and Moses. Okay. Okay. So Moses was walking down the street when he bumped into George W. Bush. Hello, Bush said. Nice weather we're having, huh? Moses took one look at the president, turned, and ran in the other direction. The next day, Moses was walking down the same street, and there was Bush. Again, President Bush initiated a conversation. Again, Moses turned and ran away. Bush was tired of this bizarre treatment, so the next time Moses ran away from him, Bush followed. When he caught up with him, he asked Moses, What the heck is wrong? Moses turned to him and said, The last time I talked to a Bush... I spent 40 years in the desert. <laughs> wasn't it a burning bush? I thought it, it, was it was a burning a, bush, but uh, I thought it might help a little bit. You know, yeah. Let's break it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys have heard me talk about uh, Sam. He's always watching some neighbor's animals or cats or dogs or something. And we got a couple neighbors out of town again, and he's been watching their dog, and they just – the neighbors love Sam, and as a matter of fact, they, they tease him because I think the dog likes him more than they like them. But anyway, he took it to the park this last weekend, and there's a lake at the park, and the dog kept jumping in the lake and getting chased back out by the ducks. The ducks keep attacking it, and it he's never seen that before. So when he got home, you know, he was talking to the owners about it, and the owners are like, Sam says, hey, you know, every time the dog gets in the lake, the ducks attack it. And it jumps back out of the lake. And the neighbors are like, well, yeah, of course, duh. It's a purebred. Mm. 
<laughs> I feel like Super Dave told that. One. <laughs> really? Oh man! No, I never did. You don't remember? No. Okay. Uh, I, I go for the short one-liners. <laughs> that yeah. was a short one-liner, <laughs> brother Dave. My <laughs> uh, brother Dave. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe so, Jim. You know the old saying that um, men are from. Um, Mars and <laughs> women are from no, it's yeah, women are from Venus and men are from, from, Mars, from Mars, right? Yeah. Women are from yeah. Venus. So, uh, I think that's very true. And one big difference between men and women is that when a woman says, Smell this, it usually smells nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that would go over somebody's head. I'm sure whoever, whenever we listen to this, some people be like, Huh? <laughs> That's funny. New drivers, we got Tim Taylor, Ricardo Cordova, and Patrick Gallegos. Nice. I'm, welcome. Welcome. I'm sure it's a played out joke, but as soon as I read that name, I just pictured the tool man. Tim the tool man Taylor. Yeah, yeah I would guess he's he's caught some comments like Probably, that. I would imagine. Never, heard that, never heard that before, right? Right. Uh, celebrations. Big, big, big celebration. Rick Ray became a grandpa on September 29th to baby Noah. Nice. Congratulations, Congratulations, Rick. Rick. Way to go, Grandpa. Being a grandpa is the best. Yeah. Linda asked me if I wanted the baby stats. You know how everyone always says the weight and how many inches? Yeah. I'm like... They yeah. had a baby. Yeah. It's just baby his, Noah. His name's Noah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they do that? What's the... Yeah, I had a baby. It was eight pounds, four ounces. Well, I think it's got a lot it's to do with it when they say, oh, how old is it? And it's like 29 weeks and 13 days or whatever. Oh, it's, you know, six Tw- months old. 29 yeah. weeks, I can understand. When they're like 87 weeks, it's like. Yeah. It's like, can you just say the baby's six months old? I, bet I don't still, know how many weeks that is. Probably it still breastfeeding. To me, Jam, it, just thinking of Danielle and, and you know, being the labor and delivery nurse, it's probably a story from way back where people go, well, well, what was the weight in the inches? And you go, oh, like four pounds. And they're like, oh, that's a sickly baby. And uh, how will it survive? Or, you know, oh, that's a seven-pound baby. And everybody's like, oh, that's a good, healthy baby. It's going to live till it's 100. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they just judged it that way. And uh, so, you know. Had a 12-pounder. Oh, did he walk home? <laughs> yeah. Right? Give him a snow yeah. shovel. <laughs> Did you have some clothes for that kid to walk home? <laughs> yeah. Congrats, Rick. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Congratulations. Rick. Super happy. Uh, no anniversaries this week, but we got plenty of birthdays. Dale Boyce and Herb Turner share a birthday. Oh, wow. On the second. Vic Ochoa is today. Happy yeah. birthday, Vic. Happy nice. birthday today, Vic. Yeah, Man. happy birthday, everybody. Yeah, yeah, happy birthday. Family birthday celebrations. I missed Nick Spencer last Saturday. That's Kurt Spencer's son. Oh, and Happy birthday, Nick. Sammy Martinez, that's uh, Alan or Aladdin's or Big Chili Dog or whatever he calls himself. <laughs> Chili Dog. Chili that's dog. his daughter, Sammy. And then uh, Monique Dean has a birthday yesterday. And then Anahi Partida, 10-7, October 7th. And that is Oswaldo's, I'm going to call her his wife. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations. Okay. Happy yeah. birthday, everybody. Happy, yeah. birthday. Happy birthday, Mo, Sammy, and, Nick. And sh- shout out to Kurt. Man, I hope you're hope you're healing. I know that was that looked like quite the injury there to his foot, and 
Got them when you read a little further separated his shoulder, and yeah. ah, none of that looks fun. I mean, Dustin still beat him, though. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dustin wins. Yeah. If they're yeah he'll a, never get through a medal detector. If they're having a broken foot contest, Dustin, he, <laughs> right. he smashed. Kurt. I wouldn't want to yeah. win that contest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally smashed. Yeah, I was actually thinking about you this morning, Dustin. I should probably give you a call, but I am hoping you're doing well, buddy. Yeah. We miss you. And we miss you, too, Kurt. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Hope both you guys heal soon. Yeah. Shout outs. Uh, Big Country came through with a bunch of thank you cards. I know he uh, he gave out a lot of individual cards. Uh, this one is for all of us. It says Jam, Brother Dave, Super Dave, Jam, JR, Ladies in HR, Mechanics, Anonymous Gifters, all the JFW family. Then in some other handwriting, it says sometimes miracles are just good people with kind hearts. JFW. You all made a difference. Thank you for all your help, kindness, thoughts, and prayers during this difficult time. When there is nothing left to lose, there is everything left to gain. Thanks for including us in your family. Thank you again for thinking of us, Big Country, Stephen, and Jackie. Very cool. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very nice. But that was cool. How, what a great way to look at things and... Of course, you have to look at the brighter side, obviously. Otherwise, you're going to dig yourself an emotional hole. But when you've lost everything, you have everything to gain. Yeah. What a great yeah. Um, quote. Yeah, instead of an ending, it can just be a new beginning, right, Dave? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it also makes you proud of everybody here giving and, and stepping up. You know, things are things are tough right now. So, Or things yeah, are tough every day so for, true. for some people. Yep. You know. Rick Ray wants to give a huge shout out to the Yard 23 Wash Bay crew. They don't even have a Wash Bay, but they are <laughs> right? in the Wash Bay crew. They have only washed my truck twice, and there's already a, a huge noticeable difference in the way it looks. Great job, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I have mentioned that a couple times now to several people, and I th- I'm sure I did on air too. It is yep. it is a wow factor yeah. when you go in there. I can't believe Rick's been through twice already. I, mean, I know. I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. think they've been through the whole fleet once yet. No, but uh-uh. it is night and flipping day difference down yeah. there. It is just unbelievable. So it's such a big deal. Chimichanga texted me this morning. We probably can't even call him Chimichanga anymore. Have you seen Tony Martinez lately? He's slimming down, man. Yeah. He's, he's looking like a lean, mean fighting machine. Really? And I'll have to, yeah. Yeah, he's lost. I'll have to go check him out if that doesn't sound weird. <laughs> I want to say, and forgive me if I got the number wrong, Tony, but he's lost like 67 pounds or something. Wow. Holy wow. mackerel. Yeah, I didn't know him. he was that heavy. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's to start. Great, you yeah. Know? So he sent a Texas. Well, he called me this morning and said, hey, you guys doing that podcast today? <laughs> well, yeah, like every other Wednesday. Anyway, he also wanted to give a, a big shout out to Josh Marco. Truck looks effing sexy. The stacks, the hydraulic tanks, everything's 100%. My text message just went off, and it's a video of his truck, <laughs> and it says sexy ASF. Don't know what ASF That's awesome. <laughs> are we having that other mobile wash company come in, or are they done over there? No, they're still there, Dave. Are they? I mean, we basically pay them to rinse the trucks yeah. we have for two and a half years. I, and I was going to say, they're going to screw up the wash jobs, you know, because they're going to leave the film and everything. In other words, let's just say Josh and Marco did the truck on, I don't know, Thursday. Sure. And then the company comes in on Saturday and yeah. or Sunday, whatever. Why would they, though? Because they won't rinse it clean, and it's going to have a film on it, and the windows are going to be 
Right, but why would they come if we're watching them? I guess is my question. They, 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 they still, still come, are, Jim. Really? We, yeah. we haven't we haven't shut them off. That's, yeah, we were trying to get them cleaned up. Huh. Know, so That's how bad a condition they were. Wow. So yeah, I didn't know that. Good point, Super Dave. <laughs> <laughs> hey don't wash my truck okay uh, yeah that's funny you guys got any shout outs before we move on to the amazing discussion we're about to have yeah i want to throw one out to joanne i know we mentioned you know different people and we've probably mentioned joanne before and when she's put on a couple parties and stuff like that but i know she's just a person you know scooby mentioned it to me this morning that uh, she saw, called Scooby last night and and thanked him or told him what a good job he did, you know, mowing the lawn or or uh, wasn't th- wasn't that he did such a good job is that he drove all day long. He came in here. There was still stuff needed to be done. You know, that's part of his his job and and things he takes pride in. And he spent all day dro- driving and then mowed the lawn. And she just took the time and told him thank you. You know and. The front lawn, Scooby. Here's a shout out for you. The front lawn looks amazing. Hasn't looked that good in years, yeah, has it? A- absolutely. It's yeah, almost no. as good as when Noah was doing it. <laughs> wow, <Damn. laughs> that was a shot. That was a shot. Somebody's feeling froggy. You know, and we we uh, had uh, uh, Joanne's husband come in, uh, Valor Valor. I know that's the name of the company, Valor Landscaping. I guess could be uh, TJ, and they did the. Um, <laughs> working stuff out front and then Scooby took over and and has cleaned everything up and you know for Joanne to notice and, and tell him thank you and then I know she takes she fields a lot of calls from the drivers and she listens to a lot of stuff you guys and and always answers your calls and emails and things like that so thanks Joanne for being a teammate and a team player and and uh, we we do recognize what a good job you you do and how hard you work also. Yeah, awesome. And shout out to Joanne and Anne and Angie and Amber for working so hard on Paycom too. I know they've been busting their butts, so good job. Yeah, and I know I know everybody's still on the fence with Paycom Jam, and I know you've been struggling uh, with the time off and different stuff like that, but I, I ran into something yesterday when you were talking about the birthdays. I wanted to look somebody up, and it will sort – according to your age and so i was just kind of messing with the system so i put in there all the employees alphabetically 60 and greater in age oh wow boom it popped me out a report right away and i kind of like oh 60 and above we'll have like two people (laughs) i was gonna say there's only five of them Well, I think it was like a list of 10, Dave. Yeah. Really? And I was shocked about how many people we have over 60 years old. Yeah. So huh. I was like, that's awesome, you know, getting it getting it done, you know. Good, good for all of you guys, and, and thank you for still being involved and active. You know, 60s, it's, it's the new 40. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely. I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to geek out on Paycom right now. So did you look at donate? Those names were they all active employees? They still yes, I sorted them by active. active. Good yep. job, Jim. Yeah, good job. So well, I had a little help from Ann. I, okay. I, can't, I hey. can't take all that. That's credit. cool. I'm glad Paycom could tell us how old people that work here. But I'm trying to figure out how to get a list of birthdays, and I can do that. I could pull a report, but it's in the order of years of service. So like, you're number one. Oh, Dave's number two. 
right? So then you got to drill down and pull the months out. And it's just so robust. It does everything. But sometimes you just need to do something dumb. Yeah. And it's like, no, nope, can't do that. We're going to do it the smart way. Mm-hmm. You know? so. That's very well explained, Jim, because I think about that when I'm like trying to do something on Paycom, which I just don't know enough about it. It's just going to be take time, right? But I know everything about bamboo. And I pop right back in there to that old bamboo, and she comes through. Not everything. Uh, yeah, yeah Paycom's gonna, good, though. I mean, we'll, we might as well just talk about Paycom a little bit. It has been a little bit of a struggle, but I still feel confident it's going to be an improvement. You know, like I said, it's just it's it's just it's just different. We're changing. Yeah, it's powerful I mean? and it's yeah. and it's it's different. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. take a little while. I have a, a Paycom meeting at nine thirty. I'm hoping by the end of the week we're just using one schedule instead of a bamboo and a Paycom schedule, mm-hmm. which would yep. be nice. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, That'd be great. Any other shout outs, guys? We're good? Yeah. Cool. So uh talking to Troy Hunt the other day. It took forever to get to this, but <laughs> when I finally got it out of him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he suggested we have like um I forget what he called it, but like a tech time or a tech corner where we get into some more technical stuff. So was, for example, we talked about trying to get the Bendix guy in here or you know, somebody from Eaton or, yeah, you know, yeah. Rick, Rick, Rick was a great guest because he's he, so technical. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so he was given an example, like what's the different applications between three quarter wash rock and three quarter river rock. So I know that was an example, but let's yeah. even just talk I, about I that. I got to actually technically say that he's referring to three quarter crushed because that's how we order yeah. it up at pit six. Right. Granite. Yeah. Yep. So versus what, the river rock. Well, Dave, why don't you fill this question? So what what would somebody use granite or three-quarter crushed rock from the mountain versus three-quarter river rock from the river, from the riverbed? You know, I, I kind of got corrected on this. This was years and years ago. I said to one of the guys that worked for Owens Brothers, can't remember who it was. It might have been, I don't know, Lippy up in the batch office or somebody. And I said, for the past day. Lippie. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, isn't the crushed rock stronger, making stronger concrete? Because the the um, flat faces of the rock will bond together and and you know create a, a stronger bond, I guess, versus the round river rock mm-hmm. that doesn't actually fit together like puzzle pieces do. And then he said, no, one of the strongest we uh, strongest uh, specification um, formulas we have is use an inch and a half river rock. And I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. So <laughs> I don't know. You, you're, you're right. You're right, Dave, and so is he. It depends on the, the size and where you get to your, your crushed rocks. It's a fractured face, mm-hmm. so it's a 100% fractured face. And that's where they get the, you've been told and we've been told too, the cement and the binding agents have a fractured face to grab onto instead of a rounded face, just like you said with, with the rock. Um, and But then you go back and you have to examine. So it's a crushed rock. It's a fractured face. But how strong is that rock compared to the river rock? Mm. And then you take and you go to, let's say, the two rocks between Fry's and Fair Play. There's a big difference. They, those might be two fractured products, but there's a big difference in their strengths when you do a break 
and and Dave on Dave's wife Janet on that side weren't they like twenty eight day breaks Dave is that what they always brought up Yeah they they break them out like six hours one day three day seven day nine day and then like thirty day breaks to be sure what their strengths are sure. What's really a trip is she's she's in the same world but like on a different planet now and what mm-hmm. I mean by that is before it was all. Uh, manufacturing of roads or foundations or, you know, our type of, I'll say it, our living structures. Now she's working in structures like the dams and what's a trip. You know, I mean, the biggest thing we've ever seen at a concrete plant is like inch and a half rock, right? I've never, ever at any concrete plant we've ever delivered to carried in more than inch and a half rock. The dams that she's working on, they like, it's obviously, generally a dam is out in the middle of nowhere, right? Where, where a water reserve is. So there's no concrete plant there. There's no, no anything close by. So all the materials are so expensive to import in. They try and find a location nearby and utilize that area if, it's, if, if the material will work, right? She happens to be working on a job now. They're looking at using like six to 12 inch rock that they pull out of the ground. <laughs> wow. And believe, I'm like, how can it be stronger? Well, you're thinking about something that's several feet thick, Right. And, right. you know, a hundred feet tall. And so, I mean, the, the more mass, the more massive the material inside can be. And mm. it's just, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, you talk about a subject that geeks somebody out. My wife geeks out over that stuff. I uh-huh. mean, it, it, she's passionate about it. Yeah, that is cool. But I can see it. You're building a dam that's, you know, 300 feet tall and 30 feet thick or something. Right. You, why you wouldn't got, you use 12 inch rock? Right. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. 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 To the size of, yeah. of what you're working yeah. on. Yeah. What I kind, mean, of, when, what when kind you, of mixer would you use? Uh? Oh, they have, I, they build everything to utilize all the, because building a mixer for that is cheaper than importing, right. You know, 500,000 tons, Jim. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's uh. all that stuff is, it's all inclusive. I mean, when you back up and look at all the, all the information we have or watch any archived footage of Hoover when it was built, it was it was cutting edge. Uh, I mean, all the stuff they did there and they utilized everything on site or, you know, if they railed it in, they only railed it from like 30 miles away and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was, it's really cool stuff. Huh. Yeah, because you talk about that, Dave. There's no way they got any pump trucks on that job. Site. Right. They're mm-hmm. not pumping six-inch rock. <clears throat> right. They're, they're going to mix it and they're going to bucket it or carry it or, yeah. or yeah, belt thought, it. Or, yeah, I thought they had big buckets on cables. They did. Right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that stuff. Yeah, and just to kind of get back to the rock too, you guys. So there is a river rock, which is from all the river basins. And it used to be as we've moved away or you break ground into a new pit or stuff like that, most of the rock, I think, is the word alluvial, Dave, because it's an alluvial deposit. You you bring out a natural stone and you screen it. None of it's fractured, and none of it's none of it needs to be crushed. Most of the time now, to get more of your products, like everything will come out mostly inch and a half. Let's say you hit a deposit of that. You used to just screen off inch and a half, and then you had three quarters. Now in most of the gravel pits, to get the most out of the product, it's crushed, and it's crushed to three quarters. So you're taking a lot of your inch and a half, crushing it to three quarter or one inch, and that's what you call. And then you have to wash the fines off of it. That's where the wash part comes from. So you're running across the screen to separate it out, and it's a washed product. So now it's a washed 
uh, three-quarter rock, which is a river rock, which it came out of the river basin. There, there's all your stuff. Right. Your crushed rocks, you know, so your river rock is still kind of a crushed rock now, but your crushed rock, like out of Fry's when we start out of there, some of their faces in their area, same up at Spec Ag, once you crushed it, there was no fines with it mm. because it didn't come out of a river basin. There wasn't sand, you know, squeegee, dirt. There wasn't everything mixed with it. You take a great big boulder out of fries, you crush it to three-quarter. It's a clean rock. There's no, there's no weeds. There's no nothing. There's nothing that needs to be cleaned off of it. Now some of the specks that have come off out, they are asking, asking you to wash that rock. So it's really an ultra clean or maybe maybe they have a face that has a you know a layer of rock a layer of dirt a layer of rock now having to wash that it's not a pure crushed rock and that's that's the where you see it being washed at a quarry that's the difference now man i remember when i was a batch man at bonnock one day they came down to look at the rock they had gotten into a pretty good vein of mica Mm-hmm. And all the rock, I mean, you could peel the mica off in like pretty thick layers wow. right off the rock. And I was like, well, what's the big deal? And pretty sure it was Steve Montoya. I was like, well, when that stuff gets in the mixer and starts going, it just produces a powder and yep. it just ma- it makes your brakes weak. Yep, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's not, it's not, it's not good rock, Jim. Yeah, yeah there's, there's different colors. I know Fry's ran into different layers where that, you know, you think of all that as a gray rock or even, you know, Spec Ag has, had a lot of pink and the whites in it. They ran into a layer of brown rock, and, and I'm just calling it brown because that was a color, and it just had no strength. Wow. And, and maybe it had a lot of mica in it, you oh. know, and, and yeah, that's a, you know, nothing's, nothing's simple. Everything's got a complication and a, and a, a, a thing about it you know there's always there's a science behind everything right you know and and when you talk about the different rocks you know then you know mention your squeegees mention your pea gravels you know which is like a quarter inch rock mention your three eights then you got your crusher fines then you got all your mixes for your asphalt you got all your mixes for your concrete side you got your bases which is a road base you know a class six is usually three quarter i think a class seven or eight is like an inch and a half you know, and then your bases, that's a certain amount of uh, top, not topsoils, but your other products to create a base because you've, you're creating a binder that can have water added to it and then reach a certain compaction to put asphalt or concrete on. Huh. So all of that is, is just a science and what's, what's the best for what you're doing. You know, we were just up at CMEX uh, uh, the beginning of the week. We're looking at some halls uh, up to the CMEX or front to the CMEX plant there in Lyons, Dave? Yeah, mm-hmm. Lyons. Um, and he brought us back to a pile, which is waste out of the out of the, the burner. The kiln. I, the kiln. Thanks, Dave. And they've brought it over and piled it. But a lot of that stuff out of the kiln, people are using it for uh, uh, road mitigation or... Uh, so they can take stabilization, it stabilization stabilization soil stabilization they can pump it into the soil or the truck can take it auger it into the soil re re compact it re put it in back into place and it stabilizes a soft spot in a road oh wow and that's just a waste out of the kiln sure. but now somebody's found it for a product to use in the road to make better roads that's great and so yeah we just, need to use more of that right we got we got, we got <laughs> right. some dips our roads yeah. need it yep yeah so yeah, as far as materials, I, I you know, uh, like Dave said, 
I've learned so much from Janet. I mean, she's the one that we've had discussion on. What is this? What is this? And she's done a great job educating me through the years. And, and then just what you learn here when, when companies order different products, it's kind of like, I feel like we've evolved also. Look what we've learned about salt, you know, and, <laughs> and blue salt and white salt and red salt. And, you know, now we've, now we've gotten into purple pr- salt, now. purple salt. And then pink. Yeah, pink, and, and then I'm going to, what about our uh, our uh, uh, liquid products as far as the torch yeah. and, the, and, and the brines and the different stuff that you can spray on roads, what they do, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, it's, it's good to, to grow and educate yourself and learn about the different products, you know? Yeah, I always just enjoy, like, looking at Fry Pit 6 or going by Morrison, me and my wife debate about it because she, she thinks it's an eyesore. Like, oh, look at what they did to the poor mountain. You know, and I get that. But to me, it's like, yeah, but look over there. And there's a whole city built with rock from there and there and sand from over here. And it's just pretty trippy that we're, it's such a great resource so close to us that, I mean, our city and our roads are all built from the Rocky Mountains and the riverbeds. And, yeah. You know? Yeah, we were just talking to some guys the other day and, you know, you get around to being political again, but he went to a uh, a town meeting, and one of the ladies is like, "I I just can't stand that plant over there. I don't know what that plant's doing over there. Why do they? Why does it have to be here and everything else?" And one of the guys just took some time and said, "Hey, did you did you drive on a road over here?" The lady's like, "Well, of course I did." I said, "Did you did you walk out to your garage? Do you have a driveway?" "Yeah, I went to my driveway. I walked my sidewalk and went over and got in my car." And the guy was like, "Okay." Did you uh, do you have painted walls? How, how's your house? Oh, I have beautiful painted walls in my house. And the guy was like, "Do you know that's on on drywall on gypsum? You know on, on And she's like, "No, I just know they're beautiful. I, I painted them." And he's like, "Well, uh, do you know? Does your lawn look good and stuff like that?" And yeah, I fertilize it all the time. And he's like, "Do you know how much diesel and oil products are in your fertilizer? Do you know that plant over there?" All that material paved your roads and built yeah. your sidewalks and did your did your driveway and she showed up to the next meeting. She goes, I did some research and she goes, I'm wrong. I, I'm not happy about the way the plant looks, but we need it. Nice. And and he's like, Well, thank you. You know, I appreciate that. And that's that's the that's the ground we need to come to. And you know, maybe we need to try to make some of that stuff look a little prettier so it fits into the background. But we need it. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Love it. So we so kind of continuing on on uh, Troy's deal on on getting a little nerdy and talking about different stuff. Yeah. You guys, yeah, let's do it. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is like a airbag blowout and how the shop handles it and how the driver handles it and and uh, you know the different the different type of airbags I guess or blowouts that we might have is. You know, some bags, they just totally blow out. Could be age, could be, hopefully nothing's been rubbing on them because that, that's not a good thing to start with. Um, sometimes it's that they're overused that, you know, the, the guys, and, I, and I'm guilty of it myself, not dropping, hitting the switch and dropping the airbags. I know most of our new trucks, the minute you put the PTO in, you know, the airbags automatically drop. You know, what if the, what if the system didn't work on the trailer and the bags get stretched all the time? Um, in the dumping process, that's not good for them either. Um, also, as they age, but if you have a blowout in the airbag, you know that's not the that's not the end of the world. It's not a good thing, and 
you know, you need to contact the shop right away, but there's different things we can do to get you back here to the yard. We can crimp that bag off so that the other three bags on the truck or trailer are, are airing back up. Maybe we can have you drive in here with your airbags just deflated. Um, you know, you can flip the switch, drop the bags. That's not a good situation. Probably not the best to do that, especially loaded to get you back here or get you somewhere because it's just riding on plastic pucks um, inside the airbag. But empty, we don't really weigh enough. That's not really a bad thing to drive back on that. It's just, you know, try to go around the bumps. Try not to hit every every pothole because there is no air. There is no suspension. You're just riding on plastic. Um, you know, you might try and educate yourself on how your air system goes through each bag, which is the main bag, which is the, the feed bag off the, the leveling valve. And th there's something else as you talk about it. You want something. Does everybody know what a leveling valve is? Does everybody know where their leveling valves located? Did everybody know what the leveling rod is? Does everybody know that you could take the rod off the leveling bag and raise your truck up when you possibly are, are high hooked or low hooked to a trailer? You know, there's, there's so many geeky items to that truck that I, 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 me and Dave just personally love, you know, when you're, when you're working on stuff. And so, you know, just don't, just try to educate yourselves on, on which is the main bag, which, how the bags work, where they feed to different things like that. When you have a blowout and work with the shop, when they ask you, you know, which bag it is, did you crimp this line off? Have you done this? You know, um, the more you know about the truck, the safer you can be and, and the farther you can get. Why do we have shocks when we have airbags? So if you've kind of noticed, to me anyway, this is my interpretation of a jam. You've all, we've all seen that car driving down the road. And without shocks on a springed car, it just it just goes up and down. I don't know. There's been in movies where they make fun of it. Yeah, when they go over a bump. And yeah, they just, that they, tire. Just, <clears throat> yeah, they just keep yeah. moving. Well, if you picture a spring, a spring just keeps moving. And that's the car riding on the springs. And it just goes... And just keeps doing that. The shocks stop that. It pulls it back to a position of neutral. The airbags are your springs. They're not as as crazy as a spring as far as going up and down, up and down, up and down because they neutral to that bag height eventually. But that helps stabilize the bag. Um, in a lot of cases, depending on how the configure of the airbags are, shocks aren't really needed. They don't, they don't do anything because you have your airbag, you have your spring, and you have how it hooks to the axle. Maybe they help a little bit with the ride, but in most cases, they don't, they don't do anything on a big truck. It's just something that was, it's not a waste of time. It's a small help, but not necessary, like on a car. Gotcha. Maybe it helps when you're empty, do you think, Jim? Yeah, but loaded, but David. Loaded, there's just too much pressure on that airbag, and... The forces, the down, I guess gravity or down forces are too strong. Yeah, 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 it just doesn't work that way. You you talk about the different different ride suspensions we've bought over the years, right, yeah. Dave? No, I was just sitting here waiting for you guys to finish. I don't know if you remember this, Jim, and, I, and Lord knows why I freaking remember it, but our first two Pete's, the 289 Pete's that were brand new, 002 and 004, yeah. one truck had steer axle shocks and the other truck didn't from the oh. factory. Yeah, and we're you like, know what I mean. And what I the heck? That. I, I do remember. Yeah, that day. and it, there was no difference. You could drive both those trucks. There was no difference. Yeah, there was mm -hmm. absolutely no difference. So huh. yeah, you, yeah, 
You sure one wasn't like a Wednesday truck and the other one was a Friday truck, right? Oh, darn, didn't get those yeah. uh, shocks It's not like on. they were left off, Dave. There was no brackets. Yeah, so yeah. You yeah really, I know. You really, at Friday at 2 o'clock, somebody really wanted to go home yeah. if, that, if that was the case. Yeah. Yep, that absolutely. was a coordinated effort at the factory because the guy at the beginning of the assembly line was like, hey, we're leaving early today. I didn't put the shock brackets on the steer axle, and it was the second item on the truck. So when it gets to the end, leave the shocks off. We're getting out of here. Yep. Yeah, we cut half an hour off the day. We're, we're good. Yeah. It's beer 30, and we're bar early. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then uh, after airbags, you guys, I, I wanted to talk a little bit. We don't have to go much into it, but chaining up. I know we, we put on some chain-up classes and stuff like that, uh, Scooby and, and JR and, and Kendrick and everything like that. We're days away from our first snowstorm, you guys, um, which is what horrible, right? You know, we're, we're what, 6th? This is October. We're into October, baby. Right, right? 20 That's days, fair 10 game days. for could, snow. Could be Friday. So, yep. yeah, just... You know, we try not to send you where you need to chain up. We try not to have to chain up. It's a safety thing for us, but you may have to. And so, please, it's like knowing about your airbags, knowing about the air leveler. Learn how to chain up. Learn the proper way to chain up. You may have to do it for one mile and you run into clear pavement, or you may have to do it for 15 miles up on Vail to get you back home. So just please, you guys, if you don't know, ask some questions Learn the tricks, you know, to be able to back up on your chains, throw them over, what's the easiest way to do it, all that kind of stuff. So so remember, you know, learn how to chain up. Don't don't go, I, I've never chained up. Go, I've never chained up, but I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, check your truck out. You might pull your chains off your truck. Make sure you have the tool. Make sure you have the cam lock. Make sure you got the bungees. You know, just, just be prepared, you guys. Yeah. Same thing with... Having a winter coat in your truck, maybe yeah. some coveralls, maybe an extra pair be, of gloves. Yeah, be prepared, right, you Jim? You know, this, I mean, I know on the other podcast, Dave, you've you've told the story about you and Ron Keensburg having to go over the top of, of uh, Eisenhower, and he got out with his T-shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> and it was minus two. Right, in a blizzard, you yeah. guys. Yeah, let's, let's. That was something. He didn't have a hat. He didn't have gloves with him. And I mean, I'm like, I could, what are you thinking, Ron? <laughs> right? I could just picture that, Dave, and it, it makes me cold right now. Yeah. It's like, ah. Yeah, and FYI, you guys, the a lot of the uh, DOT inspection spots where the portables sit up, now that it's September 1st, they can inspect for chains. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the tool to tighten the chain, you're not qualified. They will write that up. So. Yep. You not only need to point to your chains hanging there on the on the hanger that we provided, but you need to open up that glove box, find out where that tool is in that truck to tighten them when you put them on. So I was just looking when you brought up chains, Jim, just yesterday. I, I should have saved it and sent it to everybody. But there was a little TikTok video about some some young man was at a some trucking show, like Matt's or Gates or something like that, some trucking show. And they just had a set of duels hanging there, and it was a chaining contest on how fast you could chain and mm. oh, that's cool. this kid threw a, a single chain on a tire and like i kid you not like uh, they timed it. it he was under a minute and a half you know but of course it was in the open no fender right. you know what i mean it was perfect conditions yeah. right not snowing not on the ground you know right. the tire was up already so you could get the chain under it you know not the world we live in but it was pretty funny to see that but i do have to emphasize be sure you have your key to the tool to tighten that chain and be sure you're prepared to go through an inspection on all of that stuff. And 
there's there's a saying we use around here, you know, like when you're driving, what what kills? Speed. Right. Everyone knows. I mean, you were able to finish that sentence for me, Jam. Speed kills. When tire chains are on, the worst thing you can do when you have chains on is go too fast. They are not meant for more than 20, 25 miles an hour. Otherwise, you will just absolutely destroy the chains in one trip. We have people that have put chains on and literally ran like 12 miles, and the chains are absolutely destroyed. We have other people that have ran them for 12 miles, 15 trips, right? and they're fine. Yeah. Also, don't be intimidated by, by embracing those chains. We've had guys, they'll stop, you know, at a wide spot because they don't want to chain up. They'll wait for the chain line to be over. And here comes a guy that's a little bit more motivated and confident to throw the chains on and get on down the road. I mean, if you don't know how to do it, yeah, it's a problem. But once you know how to do it, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Absolutely. One of the big things about the chains is make sure you know how you're hanging them on your chain hanger. So everything's covered in ice and snow, right? You've been driving and it's been, you know, snowing and, and it's cold who knows maybe it's dark outside too but if you know how you unfold those chains as you pull them off you can take them right off the hanger and put them right on the tire yeah you don't i mean otherwise you're going to have to lay them out on the ground you're going to have to see which side is the inside or which side is the outside you're going to have to see which side has the the hooks and which you know what is the male side or the female side but my thing when i was running like fuel over the hill i was chaining every day right bring some good clothes have some waterproof work gloves insulated waterproof work gloves have some waterproof coveralls because you're going to be able to get out there do the job chain up and get back in your truck and be warm and dry and that's the biggest thing you get back in and you're soaking wet you're cold your hands are numb i mean think about it that's why you don't want to chain because it's uncomfortable. But if you make yourself comfortable, you bring your clothes, you dress warm, make sure you're waterproof. You get out there, do it, just like if you're skiing or something. Right. Throw and those chains and go. Absolutely, Dave. And I, I think about that. I haven't done it a lot, but the few times I, you know, just taken the time and chained. You know, once you chain up, you're like a tank. And, yeah. And it feels good. You Safe. Can go, you just gotta laugh at the guy next to you sitting there spun out going. I'll I'll see you tomorrow because you'll still be there. Yeah, and I, I'm just I'm just trucking. Yeah. you know it is no big deal to get back in your truck and and pass all these people. You know, yeah. it's, you feel safe because yeah, you got traction, right? It's it's yeah. good stuff. You know, yeah. Yeah, I think I mentioned this last winter. I used to wear um, like a pair of wool gloves inside a pair of chemical gloves. Yes, you know the chemical gloves still get pretty cold though. You got to work quick, but. Now you're waterproof and your hands are warm. Oh, absolutely. Isn't it yeah. amazing how those, I, I just call them rubber gloves, Jam, but yeah, chemical gloves, do they just like the, draw the cold? The, oh, yeah, they, they conduct it. Your finger they ought to make ice cubes it, it out of those things, man. Yeah, it, sure. it just conducts it horribly. Yeah, I went out and this was obviously 20 years ago, but I spent like 35 bucks on a pair of Carhartt waterproof work gloves. And I bet you those gloves are 65 bucks nowadays, but it was the best money I ever spent. Still have them, huh, Dave? I do. (laughs) That's weird. I've ran through through a couple pairs of those Carhartt gloves. I won't buy them anymore. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. not... They don't make them them like they used to, Super Dave. (laughs) Yeah, Jim, our dad, Jim Sr., he used to wear the... Did he call them jersey gloves? Yeah. But I mean, those things, they so much has got like a drip of water on them. You may as well just throw them away because oh, they're just, they're just sopping. You know what I mean? They were, yeah. 
they were good if you were out in the cold working with something, some metal or something mm. like that. But, but not wet. Man, oh, they got wet. You, yeah, it was, it was like a pair of wet socks. You may as well just <laughs> like take them off, start over. Man. Yeah. See what you got on the list next here. Um, so want to talk a little bit about tarps. You know, let's geek out on the tarps. I know we've talked a lot that the that the new uh, motors and stuff are truly winch motors. They'll winch cars. They'll winch trucks. You know, and people were holding the buttons a little bit too long. I want to touch on that. You know, when you're rolling them out, let's roll them out so the tight the tarp is tight. You know, but the minute it stops, let off that button. You know, whatever your method might be. Same thing about rolling it in. But I've heard guys, and I, w- I was yeah, I hate to back up here, but I want to mention tow hooks. Beep, I ju- beep, I ju- yeah, look beep. out, he's backing up, right? <laughs> oh, uh, that's not on the list. It's not on the list, Dave, but I thought about it, about chaining up, because I... I thought we've went to go get guys at this time of year in the winter and no tow hook in their oh, truck. Oh yeah, right. we've been since they're not part of the frame anymore. You know, you have to put your tow yeah, hook in. Right. They have the wrong one. The truck might need the long style, and they only have right. the short one in there. Yeah, yeah. Please check that, you guys. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm thinking about the new guys that are getting trucks because I know you've assigned a new guys. We've had some people quit and some people that, that have left and found success elsewhere and and. But do they know? Have we mentioned? Look for your tow hook. Do, do have you seen your tow hook? Do and you have two pins? Do you have two pins and all that kind of stuff? So I, I I wanted to mention that. So and then that's the same thing about the chaining. If you're a new person or new person to our industry or or trucking or don't know, you know, and then you come to the tarps because our tarps are you know they're not on flatbeds. They're not on reefers. You know we we know that they're on end dumps, and and you educate yourself about them. You know when your tarp quits. Can you wiggle your plug? You know, I, I mean, so many times I've I've had to jackknife or U-turn or do something like that, get to the job site, and, you know, my tarp doesn't work. Or or somebody says, hey, your, your turn signal isn't working, or you don't got any brake lights. And I'm like, ah, I bet I pulled the wires, or I pulled the plug, or I turned too sharp, or, or something like that. So, you know, when the tarp doesn't work, Educate yourself on what you need to check, where it's plugged in, Mm -hmm. the plug behind where it plugged in, because maybe you pulled on that. You know, the shop always asks, is it clicking? Did you hear a noise? And I think, again, maybe you guys can correct me. The newer tarps don't really clunk like the older ones. Do they still really clunk in the battery box? Can you hear them? Yeah, that's the relay inside the battery box, Jim. And all that does is tell us whether it's truck side or trailer side, generally. Right, but educate yourself on that. Okay, your button's working, the truck's working, the fuse or the relay is working. Okay, so now we know, is, is is it the cable? It could be the cable or the motor. And then we're asking you, okay, so does the does the motor turn? All right, so now we're going, okay, you hear a clunk. And the cable's working, the motor turns, but the tarp's not moving. Okay, is the pin broke? Is the gear broke? Right. Is the chain off it? Can you hear the motor making noise? Is the motor, motor broke inside? Those are all the reasons we're asking those questions. And I guess this, that's the reason for this little geek moment is educate yourself on each step. You heard the clunk in the box. Is it plugged in? Is the tarp motor moving? I mean, we've had people that go... No, the tarp motor mo- isn't moving, but then they come in and the chain's just off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if right. somebody would have said the chain's off, we could have done something different. 
You could have hand with the chain off. It makes it really you, easy yeah. <laughs> to open and close the tarp by hand. It's stupid looking, but you get in the truck, the trailer, and you push the tarp forward because mm-hmm. there's no chain on it. Or pull it back. Or pull it yeah. back. Yeah, or a couple of guys. Pull it back. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, just, just try to educate yourself. You know, Troy's asking, you know, to, to geek out a little bit. Here's the steps that you geek out on. Yeah. You know, these are these are the things that, that make us all, uh, you know, more, more successful. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said earlier too, Jim. The more you know about your truck and the system and, I mean, the, the way it works, the smarter, the better and safer you are. A- absolutely, yeah. Dave, because you get that question. I, I know I have it down here. I'm going to, uh, I'll mark that one off. But, um, you know, the, the flat tires, the blowouts, um, different things like that. There's a whole set of rules that we can go through with tires on how to get you back here, what we can run, what's really flat, you know, is it cool in the morning? Are you loaded? Are you not loaded? Is it beating the fender? Is it beating the trailer? Is it wrapped around the brake? Uh, I don't want to say I, drum, but brake pod anymore, not I, the drum. I got back up to tarps. Yeah. Beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> Look out. We're backing up. No, I just wanted to mention because those, those winch motors are so powerful. If any of you guys can take a minute and stop and look out the back window as you're sitting still, either tarp or untarp, and watch that motor flex as you near either one end of it all the way opening or the other end of it all the way closing, and watch that motor flex where it's mounted. Yeah. It bends the bracket. Exactly. And when you leave it flexed, that's just so much torque against that. It's horrible on it. And it is pulling so tight on that tarp. It's crazy. If you just take once you've either all the way opened or all the way closed, just bump that switch. I mean, it is literally just a bump. And it takes all the pressure. It takes the pressure off the tarp, yet it's taut. It's It's not at capacity like the winch motor has it. But it takes all the pressure off of that system. So after you're through either opening or closing that tarp and you've watched that motor just lurch up and stop, it can't go any further. Flex. Exactly. It's just like Arnold. I want to bump you up. Yeah, it's it's pumped up all right. (laughs) And just bump it the other way and just take take the flex out of that. Take the pressure off of it. It will just save so much on that. Absolutely. Again, education right what's, yeah what's happening yeah. with it how does that motor work what is it doing i mean when those first came out it's been probably a year ago when we got all the a whole slew of trailers a year ago i mean we were literally tearing the motor the bolts out of the front of the trailer mm-hmm. right with with all the flex there was a problem yeah, yeah i mean it was it was an issue yeah. so hey this came up the other day too when do you need a tarp <laughs> that was one of mine too here jam uh, always it, so well, keep in mind, I mean, we can repair tarps before they're torn in half. Right. I guess my question is, as far as size of material, the other day somebody left left uh, Fry Pit 6. He had his tarp open. Somebody oh, when like, do we need to yeah. tarp? I thought you said, when do we need a tarp? Oh, every like, day. Like when one's damaged. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> when it it's looks my... like crap or it starts to flat, flap so we can get to it, start writing it up, right, Dave? Yeah. I mean, let's let, let's cover that. We got two stories going. <laughs> we do. We could, no, as soon as you get repair, out of the city of Denver, you get out of town. You don't need a tarp, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> even if it's even if it's torn, right? We might as well mix it all together. Oh, <laughs> Joking, that's, just kidding. There, that's kidding. Funny. Yes. What material needs tarped? There you go. All right. Anything inch and a half and below, okay. right? 
and that includes inch and a half. That includes that. That statement is inch and a half and below. Yes. Okay. But what is our culture here, though? That we tarp everything, with mm. the exception of on the rock trailers when we haul rubble. Sometimes you can't get the tarp over the rubble. Yep. But do you need to verify that there's no rubble laying loose on your side rails and stuff like that? So yeah, mm, absolutely. And why? And why do we tarp everything? Why, why do you want that culture? Because what does it make us do, or how does it make us look? to the public the public it looks better because that was my next point is what does tarping actually do if you have inch and a half rock on and you go down the road without your tarp what's gonna happen i got a ticket in aurora years ago um scooby and i were together actually you remember jim (laughs) i think you were on that day and uh the aurora cop said our load was blowing and we had rubble on but there was dust in it Mm -hmm. and the dust was blowing out so we got to take it. Yeah. It, but it was rubble. Sure. But to put to your question, Jam, about the inch and a half, you know, if it's washed inch and a half, probably nothing because right. inch and a half rock doesn't blow. Okay. Right. If it gets dry, like you just said, Dave, it might have a dust on it mm-hmm. and you dust for a couple miles and it's pretty good. You go on down the road. Um, so, so nothing realistically. But, you know, if you, I know the tarps, we also have the trailer shaped that way. If you look at your top rail, they have a V to them so rock can sit up there. Right. But if a loader spills rock on the rail, the tarp usually knocks the knocks rock it. off. That's a safety right. issue. You know, it looks better for the for the, the the public. You know, we're doing what we're we're supposed to be doing. Right. Um, yeah, I guess yeah. that's also tarps aren't bulldozers when we haul grain. <laughs> right. They're well, not bulldozers. Haul, haul sand too, Dave. We've seen it true. Yeah. You know, or rock. Yeah. You know. I just want to rewind yeah. a little bit so we filled a lot of we filled some phone calls about you had rock jump out of your trailer and break my windshield, right? Rocks don't jump out of trailers, especially if you're tarped. Could you have a three a piece of three quarter inch rock blow out of your trailer if you didn't tarp it? It's no, no, Jam. I mean, we, we until I don't know what year, what eighty seven, ninety two, ninety one, somewhere around there. I don't know when the tarps come in. We hauled all over town. We're not, not you know. Did sand blow? Absolutely, no. sand <laughs> is nasty. When it dries, it it f's you up. I yeah. mean, it, the public's perception. Though I remember talking to a lady one day. She's like. Your truck wasn't tarped in the back. So, yeah. like, you know, the tarps are open in the back. That's just how they're designed. They do their job without, it's not a waterproof, watertight, like, cover right. your whole load deal. But she was convinced that because it was open in the back, that's why her window got broken. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so the, sorry, dude, go ahead. No, I was just going to mention, too, I mean, jumping back in time when the tarp law, I mean, I remember dad going to the Capitol and fighting the tarp law and what it was going to cost our industry, you know, to oppose that. And I forget Steve Watson, the old football, the Denver Broncos football player was involved in that somehow. And I don't remember exactly how, but yeah, I mean, he was on the steps of the Capitol fighting against tarps, which ultimately are we better? Is it safer? Yes. But think of every day we have truck or trucks with tarp issues every single day. The cost that it is, is, is outstanding to us but in addition to that if you date back in time to when that came out and i do think it was late 80s early 90s obviously jim yeah it was in the 90s yeah when i started one there was no tarp law when i started okay yeah and 
I mean, could you imagine if that tar plow went in today and we needed a hundred and... Remember watering your granite sand down coming out of Morrison? Well, (laughs) well, that was my point, Dave, and I just haven't gotten there. You are exactly right. We hauled so much... I I think it was the advent of the airport that that created the tar plows. Could have been, yeah. Because so many more trucks came to town. I mean, that DIA job brought... I don't know how many companies from out of Colorado because Colorado didn't have enough trucks to provide that. But that's my point there exactly, Dave. Either up at Spec Ag or Morrison or or any mountain location, they actually had a bar set up that we drove under. It was triggered when the trailer got there, and we wet the material so it didn't blow. Well, that only lasted like halfway. You know <laughs> what I mean? Not even. If you had a, if you had a 20-mile run, like from Morrison to DIA when we were delivering out there, you made it maybe to like I-70 and Wads. Man, you were just a cloud of dust going down the road. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, that's our, that's our dirty air, right? That's our pollution. Yeah, yeah. That's how we looked as an organization. And as a, I mean, we wouldn't want that today. But we do run the risk. You know, if we have a tarp break during the middle of the day, we'll have somebody bring it in. But look, we specify to them, hey, stay in the slow lane. Throw your blinkers on. Go the back way. Yeah, go the back way if you can. Stay under 55. You know, if a car jets around you because you're going 50 in a 65-mile-an-hour zone, odds are we're not going to get the complaint that you were untarped and material was blowing off your trailer. If you pass them... And you're in the fast lane and shit's blowing off the back of your trailer because you have the crew set at 72, we're going to get that call. We're, we're then that company. But, you know, we're not asking you to drive all day. We're asking you, hey, you're loaded. Bring it to the yard. We'll get it fixed. You know, bring a load of sand, whatever. You know, if you happen to be loaded and can't get it fixed. It's usually a quick fix, too. Generally, yeah. Yeah, usually. It's because yeah. our shop rocks, Dave. That's right. Right, right. <laughs> and I, I want to mention to everybody, too, out there, and I know you guys have all, all mentioned it, though, so tarps have nothing to do with spilling on the road. That was not that was not the reason the tarp was invented or, or anything to do that. And people think, oh, that's like Jam just mentioned that lady that called in. We weren't spilling on the roads. The only thing that ever blew was some granite sand and sand. And the reason our tarps are open in the rear and reason they work is most of the complaints you got was because the sand is blowing. We're not spilling. Wind. it's a wind issue. You know, you could all sand all day long at 30 miles an hour, 35 miles an hour, 45 miles an hour, and it wasn't blowing. You know, the tarps stopped the material from blowing. And that's the reason they said inch and a half down. And that's where that came out. And I I, I just want to clarify, because what I want to touch on here is we're okay covering our loads, right? We've stopped the blowing situation. We can have a truck come in here with the tarp open. But what we can't have... And our trailers are new enough, and they'll age. Is how about a loose tailgate? Are you are you guys checking your dogs? Are you checking that? So it's a brand new trailer. Oh, it, it's all right. It's all right. Do you ever guys ever walk back there and and being empty, pull on your tailgate? Yep. Or do you we grab wiggle the, the, the yeah. wiggle the dogs, Dave? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Are you, hey, I gotta break in there on the wiggle the dogs. The way they've designed those now, the the actual finger that comes down and latches on the tailgate. You can't wiggle those side to side anymore. Really? They've, they've oh, put really? a giant, but you can wiggle them up and down. <laughs> oh, back and forth, huh? Right. Yes. Yeah. In, or in yeah. and out, whatever the description is. Yeah. The whole side to side, that, that, yeah, the whole last group of trailers we got, I went out there because one, I mean, I could see a whole gap. See the gap. Yeah. Right. That's it wasn't what I even noticed. touching the, the dog on the tailgate. And I'm like, oh my God. And I went out there and I wiggled it. And I'm like, well, how does that work? It's, it's tight. But you could, 
you could pull on it, pull or push on it, mm. like the way it functions, mm-hmm. completely loose. Mm-hmm. Completely loose. So yeah, so yeah, for, a little a little more tidbit of information, right? Right. Learn how how does my truck work? How yeah. is that tailgate hold held loose or or tight? Or how does it open? Or how does it you know close? Or all that kind of stuff. Oh, it's just magical. I get out and pull, pull a button, and you know, boom, these things open up and. It flaps with some kind of hinge and shit falls out the back. And, <laughs> shit falls out. <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. Because if you ask somebody when's the last time they've uh, they've wiggled their dogs, <laughs> you know, that sounds whoop, like... Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, yeah, everybody just, if you don't know what we're talking about, come see one of us. We'll show you on your trailers. We'll educate you. We'll get you back on the, on the, on the pass so we're not spilling on the road or... Or anything like that out on the highway. We'll do it. Good stuff. What's what's next as we go down? I look like I'm to, to mud flaps. Uh, what should we do when the first snow comes? Did oh, yeah. I did skip that. What should we do? Fly to Florida. Snow? <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Uh, well, we're kicking mom and dad down to Tucson. Is that, is that, <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> That'll work, right? Tucson or Florida, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let, I'll, I'm just going to throw that out there, Jam. Let people just think about that. So it, it's just like Jam just read here, you guys. What should we do the night of, of when they're predicting the first snowstorm? If it's, even if it's over the weekend or when you come in and park and, you know, they're calling for snow. It's Tuesday. And they're calling for snow on Wednesday. Yeah. What should you do? I, I, There's a I, lot of things. Right? It's not just one. Right? I, I don't know. Should we answer, Dave? Just let everybody think about it, Super Dave. You know, there, there's your question. What, do, what are you going to do well, when they're telling you it's going to snow? Maybe we could take um, people's answers over the course of the week and go over them next week in, right? in the podcast. Right? So I challenge everybody out there, send us some answers on what we need to do the first time it snows. We, we want to hear from everybody. Even if, even if it's one of the, the wives or significant others or something like that, because I know, was it Gene that had his daughter thump his tires? Yeah, and, it was Gene. Tiana. Huh? Tiana. Yeah, 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 and knew knew what exactly what she was doing, and so yeah. I bet if I asked her why are you thumping those tires, she could tell me. So some of the significant others, if you know what the guys need to do when when weather comes, let us know. Shout, shout it out. Do it. Um, yeah, I want to talk about mud flaps. You know, um, I think uh, Brother Dave always says, and I, I I know I know you two guys, Jam and Super Dave, you feel that same way. Should we ever really lose a mud flap? Nope. <laughs> no, sir. Because if it is drying and rotting, you should replace it before it rips off. Right, right. Yeah. It was kind of wore out from waving in the wind. Exactly. Dave, right. But how does a mud flap get tore off? When when do we tear it? Too close to the pile. Yep. Driver error yeah. or rolling back. I'll tell you what you should never do is you should never leave the yard in the morning with the mud flap missing. Right. That's not a good look at all. Right. right. It's also yeah. illegal. DOT illegal. Right. So yeah, just I hope w- we don't have anybody doing that, Jim. Oh, we did. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> it's magical. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, guys, if you happen to tear a mud flap off, you have to let the plant know. You have to let the loader operator know. You have to try to dig it out. If you if you know at the end of the load, if it's at the beginning of load, that means you backed up on the pile and tore it off right to start with, and you got to get the loader operator to dig it out. That'll either go down through the grates. 
I was, I was just, why is that? Yeah. Yeah. I just headed <laughs> here, that way. Here, here's the why, right? You know, maybe you'll be lucky and it just kind of lays flat on the grate, but we've found more than often with loads dumping on it, it wiggles down between the grates, the bars, whatever you want to call it. And then almost all the places we dump is feeding a plant and they have a jaw system down below or a clamshell that opens and closes. Okay. I want sand air flops open a big yeah. clamshell bucket and yeah, it's basically a hopper hopper yeah, yeah. there you go jam thank yeah. you and and you know i'll be darn that big rubber mud flap gets caught right in the hopper yeah. and it opens but it does not close yeah. and then so the sand well rock and sand it does, i guess it really doesn't matter anyway keeps running yeah. and they may not be running the belt they may not be running sand they may not be they may want sand after rock anyway you guys it it jacks stuff up. Yeah, yeah. If you if you get a bin stuck open, or if you get a, a grizzly stuck open, and it's feeding rock into the plant, and they think they're feeding sand, that's uh, a bad day. We just ruined a lot. Yeah, yeah. We ruined just, yeah. one load, or maybe multiple <clears throat> loads, or a whole, whole silo, silo yep. of material. Yeah, yeah. Good point. And and it starts with you guys. It's it's your job. It's your part of your skill set is not to tear that mud flap off. And then you should realize before you dumped that you tore the mud flap off because you should be looking at both sides. You should be looking down that trailer and see that big gap underneath the, the trailers or notice that. And then, and then, you know, when you pull away and clean your trailer off, whoa, mud flaps missing. I must've tore one off. There's your, there's your, if you're doing your job, you're brushing your, your trailer off. You can't mm-hmm. miss it. You just cannot miss it. What should you do when you're at the plant and you notice you're missing that mud flap after you've dumped? Get with that loader operator ASAP. You got it. Yeah. Hey, I I tore a mud flap off. We got to find it. Yep. I need that mud flap back. It can't go in the bin. Can't go in the grizzly. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and the mud flaps, you guys, I believe they're up to, I think, either $47 or $57 a flap. There's a shortage on them now, and they have just increased dramatically. And I mean, we, you know, we used to have a pallet of them next door because we were going through so many and we're just trying to crack down on it. We can't afford it anymore. And there's just no reason for it. Nothing excites me more than to see a nut all trailer and it still has the nut all mud flaps on it. It's like, hey, that's a good driver. Yeah. And you know, it's not too hard to repair the one that as long as you have the mud flap, yeah, you can repair it. Um, my big thing though, is when I would take my razor knife and cut the broken holes off i gotta do the other side because they have to be the same length what do they dave <laughs> yeah for you, me you like the look where they... one's tall and one's short <laughs> no <laughs> i no. like having a brown fender on one side and a green fender on the other <laughs> why, why would i want them to match but still dave? yeah you can yeah. fix them you don't but, have to just throw a brand new one on right well, away how far from the ground what's the maximum length from the ground we can be with a mud flap 10 inches Right on. Absolutely. Yep. 10 inches off right the ground. On, right on, right on. Now, is that with me loaded or empty, <laughs> Dave? <laughs> well, that's a good question, you know, because a lot of people don't know this, but your leveler valve will make that equal no matter whether you're loaded or empty. Absolutely, Dave. How do you know that, Dave? Because you learned it, right? That's right. You're interested in your truck, you, you know? Betcha. Wanted to get that figured out. You betcha. Yep, yep, absolutely. Oh, man. Next one on the list, just a little, maybe this goes with the winter stuff. Do you set both your trailer and tractor brakes or either one or one or the other? Uh, 
when you park at night, when you come in from running in the weather and it's going to be froze the next day or you, you're pulling on the scale and it's two degrees outside or five degrees outside, what's, what's, the, what's the best practice? Because there's, there's lots of answers, right? Jim, that has become a trick question. Right? Yeah. Huh. It, it, with, with the advancement of our equipment. Right. Right? Right? Because right? I'm, I'm old enough. I'm old school. And I, now you're going you're gonna to paint me in, the, in a corner here. I'm thinking of shoed trucks, mm-hmm. not not what we have. Meaning right. brake shoes, not disc pads. Yeah, right. on on a what on a, in a, inside a what drum drum right drum so, brakes. So I've dated my. How many of those do we have left? <laughs> Just the bulkers. Yeah, is that right? All mm-hmm. the end dumps have discs now. There, there might be a rock the... trailer, right, Dave? I don't know. Uh, there is. Because we couldn't get three last year or the year before. There's either two or three rock trailers that are left with their brum. And is, how about John Moore's That's trailer? Because awesome. his was a little odd. It could be as well. Okay. But anyway, you guys, yeah. That, so, so I'm going to talk about that, but I'm not going to delve into it because it's a trick question. A lot of different answers. But learn your, question, your, your equipment. Talk to the other drivers. See what's going on. Know where you're parking. Uh, Know what kind of weather you're running in. Know the temperature of the weather you're running in. See if you've had any problems. Yeah, tip, typically you wouldn't set your trailer brakes. But what's funny about that is if you have a trailer that doesn't hold air, they're set when you come back in the morning anyway. But why sure. wouldn't you set your trailer brakes? Just, <clears throat> just, just, yeah, so so in a winter time, if your brakes get wet and you set your trailer brakes, they could freeze to the drums back in the day. Right. Now. They they carry more water because the drive tires and the steer tires are blowing mm. moisture, right? Water up on the drums. You come to the yard, you park at night, in an hour and a half they freeze. The shoe is now frozen to the drum and the brakes mm. won't release in the morning, right? That yeah. that that's the theory behind it. Yeah, so you, then you just go hit a hit a curb and break them free. <laughs> After you drug the trailer <laughs> tires out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the theory to that is yes, they do. It w- if you had an air leak, they would set jam. But typically, the f- the, the freeze thaw issue has frozen already. Gotcha. And then it won't stick, right? Okay. If you set them immediately, well, it'll the, freeze. Yeah, the heat of the drum and everything there will uh, dry it out before you'll lose your air. So yeah, it dries it out pretty quickly, or or, yeah. or it starts to freeze. Yeah, you know, depending on the temperature. Yeah, you guys. You guys are right. Yeah, that's exactly what I, I wanted to talk and, about. I, I and you would set the brakes, or if it was really, really bad out, you wouldn't set any brakes. You'd shut the truck off and put it in gear. Yeah, so right? you can leave the truck in drive. I was just thinking that. It's not manual anymore. No. no. You turn the key off, and it'll it'll auto-neutral, huh? Yep. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah. Yes. So yep. you have to set a brake. Just set the tractor brake. Gotcha. 99.9% of the time, I don't think we've had a disc freeze mm-hmm. because the calipers are up top, right? No mo- Any moisture that would be up there has fallen by the time you stop. It's not an open mm-hmm. cavity like the old brake drums used to be. So, so you don't need to bring your, your rotors or a hammer? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. And you can't tell if the brakes are set by doing that either, I don't think, Jam, because you can't bang that rotor. You know how you used to hit the drums? And, listen, that's what you I was know, referring to. Yeah, we'd send people right. out and go, hey, are your brakes frozen? Well, I don't know. Well, bang the drums. Did they ring or thud? You know, that's right. just... But h- mm. how do we know that, you guys? Because we need to educate ourselves on our new equipment. We have to educate ourselves as leaders so that we can be teammates and help. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not just that we're we're blindly going on our way here. Yep. So Learning never stops, does n- it? Never stops. Never stops. Um, I threw this one in, and I don't know. You know, I, again, I don't know if we we need an answer. Or I'll let you guys answer. And it just it just struck me um, that maybe we don't talk about this enough, and and yet maybe everything we're covering here, we are talking about it, but. What's JFW's number one concern on the road? Safety. Absolutely. Who said that? <laughs> do we talk? Do we talk enough about that, or all is all this stuff that safety? You know, you mentioned speed kills, Dave, and and I just the number one thing you guys out there is is safety. We we put the cameras in. We talk about following distances. We talk about you know disc brakes, and we talk about weights, and we talk about you know, the overweight permits, and we talk about what roads they're allowed on, and we, we do all that, and everything comes back and down to safety. And I just want everybody to hear, and, and you know, little geeked out moment, moment is safety is our absolute number one thing here. And, and it's as simple as getting in and out of the truck, especially with winter coming, you know, stepping on those liners. Those liners are slick. And, and man, they're just, you know, we talk about shoveling out. I, I don't mind shoveling out because it's like a competition to see if I can't fall on my ass, you know, <laughs> if, that's the, if that's the thing. And <laughs> Honestly, it's the slipperiest thing you've ever tried to stand on right, in your Dave, life. It's just like, okay, I'm going to hold on to one side and I'm going to push with the shovel and like walk down. Walk yeah, down I'd rather be on a pair of ice skates. <laughs> yeah. 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 So... Yeah, you guys, just just safety, safety, safety. Please pay attention. Pay attention for yourself. You know, we don't need broken ankles, twisted backs. You know, arms stuck. People. You know, we put ladders on all the trailers. We we try to do whatever because we care so much about you guys and care so much about the public. Let's let's keep that foremost in your minds. Is safety, safety, safety. Absolutely. Um. My next one I threw in there, and we just kind of talked about it. I, I just wanted to ask everybody if everybody is adjusting their brakes. <laughs> just wanted to, because you guys need to be adjusting your brakes. Should I, should I just leave it that way and see what happens? Tell us how. <laughs> Tell us how you're adjusting your brakes. You know, because I'm looking for the slack adjuster. <laughs> I mean, funny enough, when we did start switching over, that was like one of the questions we would ask guys to see if they're post tripping. I'm pre-tripping. It's like, hey, did you, you know, what's your brake stroke on your trailer? And they would tell us, and it's like, yeah, you got this brakes, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> what color are those blue berries? <laughs> <laughs> Underneath the blue, or? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll leave that. I'll leave that alone. You know, Jam just kind of pretty much explained it. Uh, Is everybody adjusting their brakes? And if you have any questions on how to adjust your brakes, please come see one of us. You know, we'll help you out. Jr. Scooby, Kendrick, Pat, any one of us, anybody in the shop, we'll all help you adjust your brakes. If if that's if you need to know about that. <laughs> so and I'll, I'll leave it right there. Okay. I'm glad you didn't say I'd help him. <laughs> <laughs> Jam's going to help you too. He'll <laughs> he'll help you in many other ways when you ask him. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, oh, should we? What I got? Let's, well, I got. Let's skip the next one and do the uh, XL, and then go back. Okay. Okay. 
So, well, I got, I got, I got one more. Let's talk about because I hand wrote it, Jam. It's not on the list there. We talked about it. So, tear weight, net weight, gross weight, axle weight. I wanted to, I wanted to kind of nerd out on that a little bit or talk about, you know, Troy here, buddy. I'm, I'm using you for an example here. So, does everybody know what their tear weight is? You know, we, we ask new drivers, even the old drivers. Uh, some people just admit. I, I don't have any clue. I don't know what that is. You know, when you're it, tear, what the hell is tear? You know, if you think about it, I, I don't even know where the hell that came from. I used to think about that when I first started doing this. I thought, right, what does that mean? Right, tear? Like, yeah. I got a hole in my pants? Like, like is I, that, you know, <laughs> when the truck tears in pieces or what? <laughs> right, I <don't> know. Dave? <laughs> exactly. So just, just going over right quick, your tear weight is the empty weight of your truck and trailer. It is what you weigh with nothing in your truck. Uh, lots of times it used to be they, people try to get uh, really, uh, I don't know, delve down in it. The tear weight used to be with the driver in the truck or out of the truck also. Uh, that was part of it. So the tear weight is empty. Nothing in the truck, you guys. You need that no matter what you're hauling. You need to know the weight of your empty truck to get what your gross weight is going to be so gross i kind of what is that that gross that that steak i had last night was gross what the hell is that your gross what's your gross i don't know anything but anyway your gross weight is gross is gross (laughs) uh is total weight what you fully loaded you in the truck full of fuel empty on fuel doesn't matter it's the absolute gross weight of the load in the truck um then you talk about your net your net weight well that's that's where you're going to find out where your 25 tons are your 26 tons your 27 tons that's your tear weight minus your gross is giving your net you guys that's the load you have on uh whether you have you know 54,000 pounds on or 25 tons 50 50,000 pounds or 25 tons um just throwing that out then when you get all that, you guys, even more complicated, what does each one of your axle weighs to get when you're grossed out? Or when you have, when your net is 25 tons, what's your axle weights? So if you guys don't understand anything I'm talking about, come get with one of us. Let's go over that. We're going to be hauling a lot of salt this winter, a lot of times through the ports, we're going to be weighing you over at yard 23. You're going to weigh out at the different salt areas. It's it's going to be a big deal for everybody. So if you're a newer person or you've been here a year or you've been here five years and you know nothing that I'm talking about, like if I tell you the you're allowed 36,000 on your axles here in Colorado, lots of people are going to go, no, nope, 34,000, 34,000. Well, in every other state, it's 34,000. Colorado allows you 36, but you can't be 36, 36, and whatever on the front end, because you'll be over over 80, over 80. Right? Yeah, just a footnote on that. Colorado and Wyoming are 36. Yeah, yeah. you're 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 correct. And yeah. you're right, Jim. You yep. can't be 36, 36, and 10. No. Because you just went from 72,000 to 82,000. Right, right. Yeah. So it's confu- And your steer axle will always be over 10, just a little over 10 when you're loaded. Oh, I have to weigh my steer axle? <laughs> I didn't know that. 
You, you, so seriously, guys, I, we made a little joke of that right there. But if you guys don't know what we're talking about, let's let's help you. Let's get through that. We're we're going to be going through a lot of ports and and once you understand it, it's really simple. And it's very simple to find, you know, to get your tear, to get your net, to get your gross, to get your axles, what you're allowed, how to load, and all that stuff. So just just want to touch on that right quick. Um, the other thing that I wanted to, to bring up, uh, it was something that uh, Excel just put into effect, Excel Energy. Uh, most of the people here um, probably are on Excel. I know there are probably some people that live uh, in the rural areas and won't be on XL Energy. Uh, but they, they installed meters on 310,000 homes here in Colorado, and they changed their billing cycle for everybody. Um, between 3 p.m. and 7 p.m., there was a rate increase from XL Energy. And what they're looking at is that's the peak usage for most um, people when they get home. They're cooking dinners. They're with their family. They might throw a load of laundry in. When they need it the most. When they need it the most. Right. Yeah, you, you get home. And so XL Energy um, put that rate hike in um, on the first 310,000 homes. I don't know what the time frame was. I don't remember. But anywhere, anyway, uh, there are 1.1 million or whatever customers in Colorado will have that done in the next few years. So everybody will be on that. I was one of them. The three hundred really, Jim. Yeah, I mean, I believe so, and here's why I believe that: is one, we started getting notices they were going to change our meter out. Two, they came and changed our meter out. Three, my electric bill was two hundred sixty-five bucks last month, which is twenty-five dollars more than it's ever been, and I feel like the heat wave was behind us, so we had a big right. one for the heat wave, yeah, and then we had another one and. If my wife listens to this, she's gonna laugh because I was like, "Babe, we're I mean, we broke a record. Like, I left the bill out. Like, hey, we're killing the game, you know." She's like, "I don't understand why. Like, I've been watching the lights and this and that. I'm like, you know, maybe we still had some left over from the heat wave. But then you guys told me about that, and it's like, oh, well. <clears throat> and I can't even try to muster the energy to try to use my electricity at a different time, like." We're just gonna keep on living, and we're just gonna have to pay that, you know. So, but that's you know, think about that. That's that's the article read because they're having their coal-fired electrical plants shut down because of the green initiative. They even suggested that you cook your meals on the weekends, and then I so you read could just that, yeah, you read that, Dave, right? Yeah. So I, I don't want to get all freaked out here, but we have a power company. In the United States of America, a power company in our government telling us how we can eat and, live. and cook our food. If that doesn't piss you off in some level, wh wh where are we headed, you guys? That doesn't fire. The electric company just told you how to cook your food in America. I mean, I do cook on the weekend, so that's the one thing. <laughs> it, it's a, so they don't do it on the weekend, Jam. It's through the week. Right, I'm saying. It states oh, right huh. in there, too. Yeah, you're, they, you're food prepping. Right, but right? it's a pain in the ass. Like well, we, That's what they want you to do, right. prep on the weekend so you don't cook during the yeah, week. Because, because the government has shut down the cold-fired electrical plants. Okay, Right now, the United States is the greenest country in the world. Okay? 
because of what we've done. We are, we are leading the world in pollution, greenhouse gases, and everything else. But our air doesn't show it. You know why? Because pollution has no borders, and there's no other country doing what we're doing. And we're flogged with everybody else's shit because nobody else will do it but, of, but America. And that's that is just, it sucks. It does. Yeah, just to back up on the meters, I'm in Westminster like Jam is, and uh, our neighbor, we, so this just was brought to our attention Saturday night, and that's what's kind of spurred this, and that's what started the conversation with Jam, that he thinks he was on that. Supposedly, XL needs to reach out to you and, and verify that, or just like you said, Send you they're notice. notifying you, right? I haven't found out the amount, but you can opt out of that program, and I think it was like for $2 more per day, what concerns me about that new meter is they can shut your power off at any time, remotely. Huh. They just dial up and go, I don't want jammed out electricity. Hmm. And it goes off. Lights lights out. Couldn't they do that anyway? They would need to come out oh, and gotcha. remove the meter or physically shut yeah. it off. On it. your meter jam, can you see a difference or is it all just internal parts? They, they show mean, up, not to interrupt jam's answer but they show the different meters dave they show the one from years ago that they used to have to come out and read now they show the ones that they can do the drive by and record as they drive by and then the new one it's just all transmitted yeah, back to uh, so there's no numbers there's no glass like there, there on is the outside. Dave, it, it shows it's it, yeah. it's it's a glass but it's all like computerized inside it's, dave mm. it's all digital yeah. it's white yeah. yeah you know and i could be guilty of not really paying full attention to all the notices maybe they did tell me there was a price i just don't remember that i was well aware there was a new meter coming <laughs> ace I, gets the mail i wasn't right no i open most of my mail. oh i don't Jackie i wasn't does super all of that. aware <laughs> that there was a price increase you know so maybe that was a fine print or something yeah but, i well, doubt i doubt it was bolded yeah Sam. yeah hmm. and i i mean i'm gonna opt out it's i'd rather conspiracy. pay the difference and and not be stung on that I think it's going to either be a wash or maybe a little bit of savings. But now they state if you go back if you go back to that other meter, the increase, if it is truly two dollars a day, it was either two or three dollars more per day. They have to come out and actually read your meter. They have to come out and physically read it. So you're looking at sixty to ninety bucks a day more to not be on a new program a, a, a month. Uh, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean, a month. Yeah, 30, yes. 30 yep. times two to three. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's cheaper, honestly, because I'll know next month, you know, yeah. when I see our electric bill, like if it starts going down. I mean, because, yeah. It's funny. I wonder how they chose Westminster, because that's where, that was the first 300,000 people they're, they're doing this on. Yeah. And our, our, the only reason it came out is we were at some friend's house, had a big party Saturday night, and, and, uh, Thank you, Oktoberfest, by the way. Uh, yeah, they started talking about it because they were had people going door to door, supposedly, you know, for the people that were home and explain things. And it was a couple young people. And, you know, the people that were at the party, we live in the day and age where I don't answer my door anymore. <laughs> right. right. I just look at my phone because my phone buzzed. It says someone's at my door. Right. <laughs> and you see, oh, Amazon just delivered or such and such was there and dropped off a package. Right. You would never, God forbid, you ever answer the door if someone's there and needs something. Right. right. Yeah. So anyway, of course, <laughs> they got that information. <laughs> the one neighbor that happened to answer the door, this this is kind of a side note, stupid story, but 
<laughs> she always she's in such a habit of locking the door. If he goes out to do something and she walks by and sees the doors unlocked, she locks him out all the time. Uh-huh. And he's like, I don't carry my keys. So he like rings the doorbell and makes her come back. Well, he went outside and was in the garage and pretty soon she heard the doorbell and she like ran to the door to like whip it open and chew his butt and it was these two guys standing there to sell the update on the new meter. So uh, she's like she was yeah. But yeah, hopefully she wasn't naked trying to, you know, yeah. spice up a little life with the husband, right? right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hate when people knock on my door. Yeah. And it's so, you know, I have a sign that's pretty specific about don't bother us. Yeah. You I know. Yeah, I 100% agree with you guys, but <laughs> just to warn you, so I had a fire in my backyard and it was two firemen knocking on my front door and I ignored them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, I had it just was- installed my doorbell. Um it's not uh, a ring. It's an Arlo, right? Yeah. But all my smoke alarms were going off. Jackie and I were both at work, and it was the fire department, like you say, Jim, knocking at my door. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I I, just, but you yeah. were able to look on your phone and answer them. Yeah. I did. I talked to yeah. them and I, told them where the hidden key was, and they, or I, actually, I told them the code for the garage door. Yeah. And they got in. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. You know, there's a win for technology. Yeah. It was just early in the morning, Dave, and didn't grab my phone yet. It was just one of those circumstances, you know. And then you look at the ring (laughs) later or go back on a video, you know, and you're like, well, those two look like firemen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't. And it's not Halloween, so the hats and coats are real, right? I definitely don't ignore them. I check the camera, see who it is. Yeah. The dogs are going apeshit. Like, the whole thing is like. So the other day. That's happening, and I look, and it's a lady and her kid. So I'm like, God, you know, like, I want to teach that kid a lesson, <laughs> but <laughs> I also don't want to be rude, and I want the dogs to be quiet, and they're just, they're not happy, you know? So right. I go answer the door, and the pit bulls are trying to get out, and I go out, and the kid's selling candy, and I'm just like, I appreciate you coming by, but my daughter goes to school, she sells candy too. Yeah, so I'll buy and, it from her. And please abide by my no soliciting sign right yeah, here. Yeah, that says, my dogs are hungry, you know, <laughs> and they're barking. It's like... Right? <laughs> yeah. So, so fun, just to, uh, only because we're on the subject, right? And that same party Saturday night, we were talking about, oh, no one answers their door and everybody gives their story. That same scenario, two of the neighbors say, oh, yeah, we never answer the door. They happen to be just coming into the neighborhood. Phone went off. Someone's at their door. And they hadn't pressed the button yet. It was just the, the because when people walk up. The motion. Right? Yeah. It's the motion yeah. that sets it off. Right. There were two kids there selling something from Legacy High School. Uh-huh. Of course, you have a speaker right there. So you hear the conversation of what the kids say. One kid hits the other kid in the arm and says, hey, this is no soliciting. Let's go. And they turned around and walked off. And the one husband looks at the wife and says, let's find where those kids are at. I'm buying whatever he's selling. Because he said, that's uh, the politest that's... kid we've ever had at the door. That's cool. And they actually went and tracked him down. I don't even know what they bought. But he was he explained that to him, And that was like a life lesson, a moment, you know? That's cool. Mm-hmm. Man, these schools, the, the crap that they sell, though. So Bella comes home. She had the same thing last year. And it's like, you sell these, like... They're not gift cards, but like you get discounts at the local places, right? So last year I bought one, it's 15 bucks, and she got like this toy that lasted two days. You know what I mean? <laughs> so she comes home with it again this year, and she's like, Dad, this and that. She's like, look, I want, I want this. I'm like, okay, well, that's basically $45, and I get it on Amazon, and I'm like, it's six bucks, right? Well, what about this 
there was a, a pillowcase that had a dollar bill. It was a dollar bill. <laughs> was a dollar bill. Like, why she needs to have that? I don't know. I'm like, honey, that's $200. Like, that's what you, because she was wanting to buck up. I was like, I'm like, I'm not buying that. You're going to get a toy. It's not going to last. Like, yep. you know, let's get on Amazon. She was going to buck up what she could. I'm like, you have $36. This is going to cost you $200. Get on Amazon, six ninety nine. I was like, do you see what I'm saying? This isn't a good deal, honey. We're right. not selling these cards. Right. So. Yeah, and then you just hope on something like that, Jam, that the, the other $30 really goes to a good cause or to help someplace, right? Yeah. If they're only paying 6 bucks for it. Right. You know, make, making that part up. Yeah, I didn't really think about the charity aspect of it. I'm like, this isn't a good deal. <laughs> like, we could go donate money and I would feel better than... But you, but just like you said, to go, I'd rather go to the school and go. Here, I want you to have all this. I don't want to go right. through a company. I right. Don't you have someplace I can donate, or I'll right. give my time. Right. Right. You know, Hollywood. You know, fortunately, you know, with her with her other job at Arapahoe Roofing, she uh, every day she worked a day at the school or two days a week she worked at the school all the time. The kids grew up, you know, nice. until they got in high school, and yeah, that was that was more important to both of us. Huh. So, yeah. All right. What do we got left? This is a part of the podcast I've been waiting for. Yeah, yeah, to get to to get to this part, even though we just we just touched on a little, a little political, is uh, I I guess the message here to just start out is we we talked about a lot of trucking, we talked about a lot of stuff pertinent to JFW, and and we get into other discussions, and you know we just told you about XL billing. It's something I I think it's news that none of us knew here in the office and we're wondering you know do you and your families know and maybe that'll save you some money if you if you do watch your, what you're using in energy between three and seven as this starts to change so some yeah, good, information good for you and thank you right R- right yeah, yeah education right um so the last thing we wanted to talk about i think until we we'll go into the high road hauling and final thoughts right jam yeah um so let's talk about the stickers on the tailgate what stickers we have stickers on the tailgate, <laughs> the bright red ones on the shiny <laughs> aluminum tailgates. Who's Heidi? <laughs> Who's Heidi, yeah. right? So, uh, I mean, one of my first comments, and I'll let any one of you guys jump in there. If we've, if we've fired you up, if we've made you passionate, if we've, made, if we've stirred anything inside you about what the stickers are, whether you agree with them, you don't agree with them, you don't like politics, you like politics, Go vote or or educate yourself. Same thing we've asked you to do with the truck. Educate yourself. So the stickers on the back is uh, vote for Heidi Gunnell. <coughs> She's running for governor against Polis. If you don't like Heidi, look her up. Find out some information. If you want to vote for Polis, look up Polis. Get some information. Educate yourself. But no matter what you do and and we're trying to be better Americans, better Coloradoans, better company. You know, if you're not registered to vote and you need some help, we'll help you. Even if you're going to vote in a direction we don't agree with, we'll help you do that. Absolutely. Cause your go, choice. Your choice. Absolutely. We're, we, we want everybody to have a choice. This is, and I don't want to rob the whole talk about the stickers, so anybody jump in or interrupt me, but... This is our choice, and one thing we thought about you guys is, you know, you're you're gonna go, you're gonna come to us and go, oh, it's your truck, it's mine and Dave's truck. You can do whatever you want with your truck, right? 
Well, we can, all right? But that is not the stance we want to take. And you guys are right. Your name's not on the truck. JFW's name is on the truck. But I want to remind you guys about something to put it in context if I can, if I can do a good job of this, is let's say you guys have a wreck, a crash, a wreck, or do something alongside the road or on the road or it's going to be on the road. Through that whole crash, that whole wreck, your fault or not, nobody knows the name of that driver. Nobody stops. It's not put on a sticker. It's not, it's not out on a sign at the crash. It's no place on that location that it's, it's Joe Bob. But everybody knows it's JFW. Right. So, and, and we stand behind, no matter what the crash is, your fault, not your fault, we stand behind that driver. Do we not, you guys? 100%. Always. 100%, always, always behind that driver. Behind what happens we, we educate, we work through it, but your name was not on that truck during that crash. Ours was, JFW was, your company's, our family's name was on that, our work family and our personal family was on that door. So what's the difference between that and this sticker, you guys? Because nobody knows it was you, nobody knows you're driving that truck, we have trucks when I pass, pass you guys during the day going, oh, who's in that? Who's in that truck? I just know it's, I just know it's a red truck. And uh, it was, a, sorry, you guys, big old bird just hit the window in here, thumped, the, thumped pretty hard, kind of scared me, in fact. But so there, there's, the, there's our scenario. It's not really you guys out there that, that is taking the chance is making the the statement mm -hmm. and and dave I, I i don't know jump in there because you you mentioned also you had a friend yeah right? <laughs> you can break it down there probably isn't one employee here who hasn't had a friend that called him and said hey i'm moving this weekend will you help me i need help moving i got a lot of stuff to move i'm calling all my friends i need help moving well we've had a friend call us and she's asking us to help her move she just happens to want to move to the governor's mansion and she's going to help all of us out if she can. So I'm breaking it down simplistically. That's all it is. That's all this is about. You know, when Jim says your name isn't on the door, you can take that with like a smart ass comment. That is not how it's meant. Nope. That is not how it's implied. If someone were to see that sticker and not care for it, they're not going to care for JFW. They're never going to know it's Dave Weldon driving that truck. Right. They're never going to know your name driving that truck with the Heidi sticker on it. Thanks, Dave. Good. So, so I guess we ask you, there's 34 days to election. All the stickers will be removed after that. We can't get them all off in one day, but all the stickers will be removed. We're asking for you to help us out for 34 days. We have an opinion. We believe in it strongly. We've had a lot of you guys and gals come to us with needs that you have. And we've tried to abide by them. We've tried to help you out. We're asking for your help and patience. We need your help and your patience for 34 days. Just like Jim said, when we've had a truck in an accident on the side of the road, they don't know that driver's name. When another trucking company goes by, they just know JFW was in an accident. They will never know it was Dave Weldon driving that truck that day. Right? Right. And that's, that's just the crux of it. So, again, what Jim's point is, 
it, we're just spurring people to vote. We are not telling you how to vote. Yeah. We're just spurring people to vote. We're, we're in a tough situation here in Colorado. You know, uh, tomorrow I'm having an IPOC meeting, or IPOC is having a meeting. It's not as though I am, but IPOC is having a meeting. You know, we're having an Adams County Sheriff, uh, a gentleman who's running for Adams County Sheriff, come speak to the, the homeless, the safety, the highest crime in the state, the automobile theft, the catalytic converters that are stolen. I mean, we've had three vehicles the catalytic converters have been stolen off of that JFW owns. I don't know how many personally. We have neighbors in our neighborhood. That's all they talk about. They're afraid to leave their cars outside because their their catalytic converters could be stolen. Right. I mean, we're in the highest crime ever in Colorado. Colorado has the highest inflation rate. It's over 15% in the nation. The highest inflation state in the nation right now. We need change. It needs to happen. The only way it can happen is to vote. Again, we are not telling you which way to vote. Just please vote. Yeah, and I think the the reason it's pretty clear, JFW as a company believes Heidi would be the best choice for governor for the success of this company. Right. That's why JFW will help Heidi move or stand behind Heidi and put stickers on the tailgates of our trucks. It doesn't mean you have to vote for her to work here. Absolutely. It doesn't mean that you'll get treated differently if you voiced your opinion that you're not going to vote for. Absolutely. You can vote for whoever you want, right? But at the end of the day, JFW as a company thinks that's the best candidate to help us be successful in the future. And, and, and protect our jobs. Exactly. That's, <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Not, right. not, when you say the company, Jam, it's, right. it's the health of everyone that's employed here. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I wish I could. Well stated, both of you guys, because uh, even if somebody, even if another driver or somebody or somebody at the pit or whatever gives you shit on the CB or asks you about it, ask them just like I did to dig into to what's going on in Colorado. Are they going to vote? Are they a registered vote? You don't like my sticker? Vote. You could even say, hey, that's not my sticker. This isn't my truck. Right, you know, right. It's, it's, yeah. a J, it's a JFW deal. Yeah, I, and I'm then, just here driving a truck. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like Dave said, bear with us for for 34 days. We'll get the stickers removed. We just think, you know, if you if you look up the items on our roads, our crime, our education, our drug use, you know, what things are being done and and how it's directed, you know, the the administration right now has a different view of what Colorado can be in. And it does, it's not helpful for us, we believe. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, in the 34 days, I didn't even take into account, those aren't working days. No. That's 34 no. days until we vote, including weekends. If you just break it out to working days, I believe it's 19 days. So you just got to bear with us for 19 days. Wow. Wow. Such a short period. Yep. Right? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, guys, that's that's it. That's That's how we feel about it. You know, we didn't mean to incite a riot or... Have people quit over it, and I know some people are just like I don't. I don't mix religion and in politics, or I don't talk po- politics and religion. And and I hope our culture, just like you said a little bit ago, Dave, can withstand the sticker for the few days. Right. But I hope our culture is strong enough that we can have intelligent and friendly conversations about even if it's religion and even if it's politics right. to educate ourselves together to make ourselves better. 
Yep. Just to be clear, nobody's quit over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nobody's yeah. quit over yeah. it. I just, not, you know. Not yet. That's the, yeah, that's the 50 mile that way marker, right? right. No so doubt. let's, let's hope that doesn't That would happen. be an extreme side. Yeah. Yeah, to, to quit your job over yeah. that when you, when, without a conversation. I hope you just don't get angry enough you quit without a conversation with one of us. Right. Yeah. And, and we're going to absolutely respect your views. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's have a healthy conversation. That's how you grow. Yeah. That's how you educate. That's how, I mean, that's how the world gets to be a better place, is conversation. Will, will we try to sway you? Absolutely. But I hope you try to sway me. Right. 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 Soup. Want to hit us with the high road hauling? Soup. Yeah. Let's, you know, we're talking days here. I just want to tell everybody. There's 51 days till Christmas. Son of a... 51 days? Seriously, Dave? What? Yeah, I just looked. So that means snow's like tomorrow. Then. <laughs> Pretty much, right? huh? Yeah. What, what are you getting us? I'll have to give Captain Ron a call. He, he hasn't <laughs> heard that in years, I'm sure. You said 61? 51. 51. Well, there can't be. Yeah, I heard. There's you. all of November. There's all of December. There's almost 60 days right there. Yeah. Yes, I, heard plus, I, plus I just October. counted it. Yeah, I just I heard. just counted the days on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting an iPhone. We want to re- <laughs> <laughs> we want to recount. <laughs> so, moving on to the high road hauling this week, what do you think the greatest measure of success at the end of your life comes down to? It comes down to one word. If you're lucky enough to get to a ripe old age in life and nobody thinks well of you, it doesn't matter how big your bank account is, your life is a disaster. That's what Warren Buffett, CEO of Berkshire Hathaway and the fifth richest person in the world, told a group of students when they asked him about his definition of success. Success doesn't come from wealth, power, fame, or how many expensive toys you own before you die. Basically, when you get to my age, he said, You'll really measure your success in life by how many of the people you want to have love you actually do love you. The more love you give away, the more you get in return. Love is reciprocal. The most important lesson and the ultimate test of a life well lived has nothing to do with money and everything to do with the most powerful emotion a human being can feel, and that's love. I know many people who have a lot of money and they get testimonial dinners and they get hospital wings named after them. But the truth is that nobody in the world loves them. Let's look at how regular working people live out this principle. The more love you give away, the more you get back. To put it another way, what should you do to become so beloved by others that when you're ready to hang it up, they'll lavish you with praise, accolades, admiration, and tell the world he loved well. So the first way regular working people live out this principle is think and act selfishly without expecting anything in return. The laws of love are not cut in stone, but usually someone must make the first move. Why not let it be you? When we choose to love someone first by lifting up a colleague, helping a stranger, or mentoring a friend or child, love comes back in full force through respect admiration, trust, loyalty, commitment, or maybe just creating good karma. Number two, the next thing you can do, choose a culture of love. Love every day. Life can be a grind, long hours at work, toxic personalities, or the stresses we create on our own. It can be hard, 
But if you look towards the positive, you will see the beautiful sunrise, not just the clouds in the way. The platinum rule. We're all familiar with the universal golden rule. Treat others as you would like to be treated. But the platinum rule takes it up to a whole new level of loving well. Treat others the way they want to be treated. Empathy. That underrated leadership strength of love where you imagine the world or a situation from someone else's point of view. And what, what, do what you love. This does not necessarily only point to your work. However, if you love your job, that can go a long way towards your happiness. But if you love the outdoors, go outside. If you love music, play an instrument. If you love giving, volunteer your time. If you don't know what it is you love, then finding out should be your very first step. And the quote this week, when you arise in the morning, think of what a precious privilege it is to be alive, to breathe, to think, to enjoy, to love, by Marcus Aurelius. Good stuff. Nice. That was a good one, Dave. Yep. It was really good. Marcus Aurelius. He was a a, a Roman Roman philosopher. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the ain't. I'm telling you what. Ever since Jackie and I took that trip to Europe, I've been so into the ancient Romans and Greeks. They had it going on, buddy. Right. Yeah, right. running water in like a thousand BC, and uh, all the tech. I mean, they created the arch to build bridges. I mean, good stuff. Yeah. Smart mofos. They, yep. <laughs> they knew how to party too. Right. They did, Jim. <laughs> they did. <laughs> Togas. <laughs> uh, final thoughts, everybody. Togas. No. <laughs> <laughs> so next week's podcast, we're wearing togas. Yeah, toga yeah, party. You just gave me my Halloween costume <laughs> a couple weeks now. Toga. Uh, oh gosh. Yeah, I won't go into that. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, I, mine's kind of long, and I don't. It's kind of like a high road haul, and I wouldn't want to take anything away from Super Dave or stuff. But I guess I'll I'll try to get through it pretty quickly. Have you guys heard about the the chef that? The, the daughter was talking to him, and it's about potato, <laughs> eggs, and coffee. Have you guys ever heard the story? So we are living in challenging times. We've been hit with a pandemic, and life as we know it came to a complete stop. You know, freedom of speech is slowly being taken away. Uh, people are overwhelmed and confused, letting their fears drive their actions. This crisis isn't just testing our intelligence, but also our character. While we cannot control the crisis, we can control how we respond, which reminds me of a a short story. And one of the people that that came to mind is is Steve Big Country of of how, you know, he he controlled and how he responded to the crisis with his house burning. But once upon a time, a daughter complained to her father that her life was miserable and that she didn't know how she was going to make it. She was tired of fighting and struggling all the time. It seemed just like one problem was solved and another one soon followed, which we've all been through, right? You know, there's just something roller coaster up oh, and yeah. down. Her father, a chef, took her to the kitchen. He filled three pots with water and placed each on a high fire. Once the three pots began to boil, he placed potatoes in one pot, eggs in the second pot, and ground coffee beans in the third pot. He then let them sit and boil without saying a word to his daughter. His daughter kind of got pissed off, moaned, impatiently waiting, wondering what he was doing. After 20 minutes or so, he turned off the burners. He took the potatoes out of the pot and he placed them on the bowl. He took the eggs out and placed them in a bowl. 
And then he ladled the coffee out and placed it in a cup. Turning to her, he asked, what do you see? She was like, potatoes, eggs, and coffee, she hastily replied. Look closer, he said. Touch the potatoes. She did and noticed they were soft. He then asked her to touch the eggs, break them, and and touch them. After pulling off the shell, she observed they were hard-boiled eggs. Finally, he asked her to sip the coffee. Its rich aroma brought a smile to her face. She looked at him and was like, You know, Dad, what does this mean? She asked. He explained that the potatoes, the eggs, and the coffee beans each faced the same adversity of the boiling water. So all three faced the same situation. Same, same thing, right, you guys? But each one of them reacted differently. The potato went in strong, hard, and unrelenting. But the boiling water, it became soft and weak. The egg was fragile, with the thin outer shell protecting its liquid interior until it was put in the boiling water. Then inside the egg became hard. However, the ground coffee beans were unique. After they were exposed to the boiling water, they changed the water and created something new. Which one are you? He asked his daughter. When adversity knocks on your door or problems, you guys, you know, as, as we all face them every day, how do you respond? Again, I, I think about, you know, big country Steve, how he responded. Are you a potato? Are you an egg? Or are you a coffee bean? In life, things happen around us and things happen to us. The only thing that truly matters is your choice of how you react to it and what you make of it. Learn to adapt and choose and choose the best of each experience. Are you going to become hardened? Are you going to become soft? Or are you going to change what's around you? Oh, yeah. So good one. Thank you. Love that, it. That was awesome, Jim. That is a high road, Holland. <laughs> right, Dave? I, yeah, I just didn't. I almost was going to save it and give it to you for next week. But I, I just, everything we're talking about and, and some of the things that people are going through right now. And, yeah. and I, I think it's, how are you going to react? Yeah, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I just want to touch on perspective. You know, I don't know if that'll be a good follow-up for that. I think it will be. But you've probably all heard us tell the story about the guy on the subway whose kids were just being hellions and this person was watching the kids just be hellions and you know just to touch on it right quick not tell the whole story but the the person watching the kids being hellion going why isn't dad doing anything and it turns out the dad was trying to decide how to tell the kids that their mom had just died and he was letting them have some fun before all the grief set in and anyway back to perspective my version of it everyone and this kind of touch upon the stickers on the tailgates is uh Y'all see our pre-red trucks, and you like that perspective. That may be something that drew you here. You see the KW emblem on our hoods, or you see the Peterbilt emblem on our hoods, or you see the Freightliner emblem on our hoods. That probably drew you here. You like the spaciousness of the cabs or the enjoyment of the trucks. That may have drawn you here. The liners in the trailers that help you dump safely. That makes our job easier. That makes it better. That may have drawn you here if you've been in an end dump elsewhere. The nice aluminum trailers, or trying to be fuel efficient with the wide base tires, 
or the new technology in the trucks that may have drawn you here. Trying to just be better as a company or better as a culture, that may have drawn you here as well. Well, I guess our perspective on things is something that we hope has enticed you and you believe in us. And I guess believe in this perspective too, that that this is the right move or this is the right thing to do. Not that it's the right thing to do, but that we're trying to do the right thing and just bear with us. I like that. Yeah, good stuff, Dave. Soup, you have any additional final thoughts? Um, no, I think we've covered everything pretty good today. Uh, <laughs> have a great day out there, everybody. <laughs> cool. My final thought is uh, do something hard that you could be proud of, something that separates yourself and makes you stand out from everybody else. It would be worth it. Absolutely. It be, yeah. yeah. Yep. Even if you fail. Yeah, because guess what? You get to try it again. Absolutely. Keep doing it and doing it until you're good at it or you accomplish your goal and you will feel really great. Absolutely. Yeah, get uncomfortable for yep. sure. Creed? Let's do it. All right. Together, Together we, we face and overcome all that stands before us. Together we are accident-free. Together we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. Together we celebrate our differences and respect those with whom we work. Together we're accountable for our words and our actions. And together we are the JFW family. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Enjoy. Yeah, enjoy, everybody. Be safe. Yep.